I'm David. And I'm Courtney. And welcome to Room to Room, a podcast about parenthood and relationships. And all the shit in between. All right, I'm glad you all, uh, listeners, punched your ticket into the road show. Um, I'm David, of course, and I am so excited um, to have our guest here to talk about labor and delivery and some of those experiences all in between that. Yes, we are so excited to have Emily and Sophia here to share a little bit about their experiences with labor. And obviously, David and myself will give y'all a little bit of tidbits from our experience as well when Miss Rome made her entrance into the world. So we will go ahead and have them start by introducing themselves. Sophia? Yeah. Hi, I'm Sophia. I have known Courtney and David for a little while now. I think maybe six-ish years, five-ish yeah. years. I think you started working for me when I started dating him. So yeah, yep. yeah mm-hmm. you're right. Yes, I didn't know Courtney was secretly dating David. <laughs> oh, God. That's for a whole other episode. <laughs> uh, but I worked with these two wonderful people, became friends, and now we're all becoming parents together, which is pretty cool. Um, I have a almost two-year-old now. She's getting real close. Her name's Lola. And just started daycare, which is really exciting. And I'm pretty stoked to take a little trip down memory lane and talk a little <laughs> bit about the whole birth experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're so excited to have you here, Sophia. Emily. <laughs> um, I'm Emily, and I have a six-month-old. So I just went through the labor process six, well, seven months ago now. Um, just in a couple days. Cool girl. Um, I have baby Charlotte here. I'm currently wearing her. She is refusing a nap, so we'll see how we do. Um, but thank you for having. Yep. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, and I know these two from work as well. So it's been kind of a long process, like Sophia was saying, where we were coworkers and now we're parenthood. Cheering buddies, buddies. <laughs> going through this process. Yeah, it's wild that we all are here. We all met like we're all single, um, or like dating, dating someone, and then met those people and kind of like through the last like seven years became really close friends and getting married and yeah, the evolution of it all. Yeah, it's <laughs> wild. Now we have kids and here we are. So definitely excited to kind of see what your all your experiences are and uh, we pulled some of our Facebook friends um, and asked some questions and got a lot of interesting like information that we'd love to share as we kind of go through talking about um, this pro- beautiful process that you all go through. And, and so I'm going to probably limit myself with what I'll talk about because I only talk about my experience because really this is a lot about you and, and how you all journeyed uh through nine months and some and um yeah so and david will give us a lot of the perspective from the support person in the room because that is a whole other perspective that i think whether uh emily sophia or myself know that perspective or not i think it can be helpful to also hear that perspective Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely love to highlight my experience because it was fucking wild (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so yeah definitely um well i mean there's so much I feel like to start, but I mean, I think one of the things that we asked our like Facebook or inter- um, Instagram friends was how confident do they feel kind of going into the labor experience? And so I see, Sophie, I see you smiling. Um, I'm curious for you all, you know, 34% of them were like, we're very confident. We were, we were ready. Let's do this. I'm coming in, kicking the doors down and saying... Where's my nurse? Who's my doctor or my primary care person? Let's do this. So how do, how are you guys feeling kind of going into this experience? Um, well, I went into labor a little bit early, I think 10 days early. And I wasn't really expecting that, I guess. I know that's really normal. But I think that put me in a place of a little bit of anxiety right mm. at the beginning of the mm-hmm. birth process. Just because I was like, oh this is happening now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So a little nervous, but I had a plan. I really liked the midwives that I worked with. And yeah, so it was was kind of a mixture. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, what about you? 
Um, I felt pretty confident. I was pretty, like, I felt prepared. Not, pre- not, pre- I mean, I didn't, I've never had labor before, <laughs> but I felt confident in my midwives, and the only thing was, was we didn't know who to call, like, when I went into labor. They're like, call this number so we can get you all, you know, mm-hmm. set up for when you arrive. Well, we didn't have the number. It, that was oh, a little no. bit of a frantic moment. I'm, like, throwing up in between contractions, trying to find the, it was a whole thing. So, oh, gosh. Yes. So, other than that, though, I felt pretty, like, excited, pretty good. Um... Yeah. Well, you guys are shocking me along with the statistic of 34% of our friends. I was very surprised to hear how many people were so confident. I think I felt somewhat confident is probably how I rated myself on the polls that we put. I think the reason I maybe had more confidence was because it was an induction. So there was like Mm -hmm. a schedule that I could expect, but I think the that was like the opposite of the birth plan I wanted. So I think that really made me not feel as confident because nothing was going the way I wanted. And my daughter chose to make it known that she's coming in full force and making it all about her already. So um, yeah, I think that that was kind of where my confidence level was at. What about you, David, as like a support person? Yeah, I mean, I felt because, you know, I wasn't going through the experience like with my body. I was like, I'm ready for this. I felt super, I was like, let's fucking do this. I'm ready. Um, up until I think right when like the, your water broke and they're like, all right, we're going to start pushing. We'll be right back. And I was, I, I was sleep deprived and I was like, wait, oh, we're doing this. And I was like, and I think I went down to like somewhat. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm really anxious you about this. You asked and, me if you needed to change your clothes. And I was like, do I need to change my clothes? He's like, like, should I change my outfit for pushing? And I was like, what are you going to wear? What do you bring as your pushing outfit? Put my man Please thong, tell okay? me. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I felt like, you know, I, I, for the most part, I mean, as a support person, I felt like I was pretty confident because I, I didn't control a lot of what mm-hmm. happened. And, you know, I was just there to support you. And so yeah. I think, as long as, you know, we were communicating and you felt supported, I felt like I was pretty ready and confident. Totally. Did you guys do anything that helped you feel confident, maybe? Like, all the wives' tales about what you can do to prepare for labor, I felt like I did all the things because she was late. Um, but did you guys do anything that you feel like kind of supported that confidence? I did, like, an online, like, thing course um, with just this lady who had been, like, a midwife for, like, 50 years. and But the thing is, is I, I was thinking about back then, uh, when I was in labor six months ago, like I didn't have time to dwell or like really, pro- I went from zero to 60 in, I mean, I was, had five minute, five minute contractions like out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have time to like get anxious or worry about things. Mm-hmm. So, and I know like maybe because if maybe you were induced, it like, you had to like, had more time to think about, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. But... No, it does. Yeah. There was, you were like, I have to do this. Yeah. I'm, it's, happening it's happening now. And I, I have nothing... to be confident in like my abilities mm-hmm. and what's happening around me because mm-hmm. I don't have time to, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't have time. <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> what about you, so? Yeah, I think, you know, I did a little bit of reading mm-hmm. and definitely some of these older books, older midwives have been around for a while. And I was really into this idea of really trying to put trust in my body that it knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. knowing that I had really wonderful people to support me um, in case my body didn't quite know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also kind of went to basically two minute contractions oh for a long time. They were really mild, but every two minutes. Um, and yeah, I think a big part of it was turning inward. And that's what I knew I needed to do was to not really be very verbal with my communication, breathe a lot mm-hmm. and yeah, just really try to pay attention to what my body was trying to tell me. That's a that sparks like when we were in our our forty week appointment with our uh, mm-hmm. the midwife. Um, yeah, we were with that, the midwife that came in and, and met with us and was talking about kind of preparing us. And they said, you know, you can do anything for fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. It's really about setting yourself with your mind and your body and and connecting your breathing and. And getting to 15 seconds because you can do anything for 15 seconds. That really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, like, contributed to, like, some of the, a lot of the success I feel like that we had while, while we were pushing. Yeah, we were I pushing. think that I loved that she told us that. And I felt really confident in it. And when you said, like, trust your body, I, 
I did. And then there was a point that I didn't because Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. my body's not doing this on its own. In a week Mm -hmm. span, I had done all these physical things and ate the dates and drank the Mm -hmm. teas. And I wanted this natural, spontaneous labor experience you're talking about, right? And I wasn't getting it. And then to go in for our induction, I hadn't made any progress at all. And I was like, my body doesn't want to do it or she doesn't want to do it. I don't know what it is. And so I think, yes, I can do anything for 15 seconds. And my body also doesn't want to do anything (laughs) for 15 seconds. It doesn't want to do it. It's just not doing it. So then having more medical intervention was a lot Mm -hmm. more difficult for me. And your body was doing what it was supposed to do, helping. Yeah, it was doing what she wanted. What she wanted. (laughs) And I think, yeah, I think during that, that week of when that 40 week to 41 week like when Rome came I think it was really hard because you were really self-critical on on mm-hmm. your body and comparing your experience like this is I'm not here I my body's not making this happen and mm-hmm. I have to have these things happen and so like definitely trying to support you support you during that I think was was really hard because I know you were really self-critical sometimes and so absolutely that was I wanted it to happen so bad mm-hmm. I wanted her here so bad um and I wanted the fun experience. I wanted the like. I wanted to see David slip and fall. He was so nervous, running around trying to get the keys, and like you know, like I wanted that. And I got planned, which is so me and David. I think like I love being planful and having a schedule and all these things. And it was the first time I was like, I don't want that. I want this like really chaotic experience because that is what we've been painted. And Mm -hmm. of course, my kid was like, no, we're going to be on a schedule (laughs) and we're going to have a set time and it's going to be great. So, um, yeah, I mean that all the preparation I did, you know, that was all dates and breathing and we'll, yeah, yeah, you know, it didn't go anywhere. Was there anything like, um, Throughout the throughout your pregnancy that you were did to try to prepare. I know um, you both mentioned um, videos and watching videos. Do you want to talk a little bit about things that you both did individually, or that your support person did to kind of help feel as confident as you both did going into it? Uh, well, I started a little YouTube playlist of mm-hmm. like meditations that were really focused on kind of preparing for birth and I personally found those really helpful because that really connected to that idea of paying attention really bringing like that mindful component into my experience Mm -hmm. so that was helpful I even played a couple of those meditations kind of in the early parts of my labor experience as well just Mm -hmm. to have something (laughs) to kind of connect to and ground myself a little bit and that was a pretty helpful component for sure what about you we did, yeah, like I mentioned, the class. Um, but Ryan, he, did, my husband, he, um, he did a lot of like pain management research. Mm. So like the different, like if you don't want pain management, what are some options? Or if you want an epidural, mm-hmm. and like what are the risks? What are the benefits? Different things like that. Mm-hmm. Just because I felt like I wanted options, yeah, um, and I wanted to be educated on those options. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that we did was we didn't really utilize it, but just like kind of the Lamaze stuff where the massaging and the different hip, you know, pressure mm. and things. Oh. And so we spent a lot of time like, oh, okay, no, I don't like that. Or, oh, I did mm-hmm. like, you know, when he mm-hmm. would uh, use like a ball and roll it on my back. Like, where did I like it? Where did I not like it? So that was helpful to do that ahead of time um, to kind of feel more prepared too. for that. Yeah. I think it might be helpful too. Um, maybe we can just have you guys go through from those poll questions that we did, just like the basics of your labor. So where it occurred, mm-hmm. what pain management did you use, mm-hmm. um, like were you induced or not, and then how you delivered, so C-section or vaginally. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start with you, Em. So um, spontaneous, um, I had an epidural. <laughs> I, I labored for like three hours, and it was mm-hmm. I was done after that. I was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had an epidural. Um, what was the other one? Where you delivered? Oh, Corvallis. And then how? Uh, vaginally. Okay. Um, and then who were your support people? My mom was there and my husband, Ryan. Um, yeah, I, I got into the hospital at 530 in the morning and she was born at 430. <laughs> so it was pretty quick. 430 p.m. <laughs> yep. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't time the drive to the hospital. We could have probably done a little bit of a better job. We realized that it was 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Wow. So I was like, oh, by the time we got there, probably. Anyways, so. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, oh my goodness. 
What about you, Zoe? Uh, so, yeah, it was a spontaneous labor. Um, like I mentioned a little bit early. Mm-hmm. And my support people were Christian, my husband, and my mom. But she was flying in from San Francisco and hadn't gotten into town yet. Oh, oh no. no. But she... So I called her and was basically like, I'm in labor. I know we had this plan and you can't be here. And I was a little tearful already. Absolutely. Um, and she hopped on a flight and showed up and got there in time. And she was with me for, you know, at least half of the labor experience. Oh, good. Which was really great. Um, and let's see. I delivered at a birth center um, unmedicated. Um which was our plan and what I hoped for, but there was always the option of, hey, if I change my mind, mm-hmm. leave me and we'll go to a hospital mm-hmm. where okay. they'll be able to offer that. Um, and delivered vaginally and everything went pretty well. I guess I'll do mine because I haven't done mine on the podcast. <laughs> um, Rome was induced at 41 weeks. We delivered at a hospital, which was also 30 minutes away, so I guess induction was nice for that, because we at least could plan around the drive. Um, I delivered vaginally. I also had the idea to deliver without medication. That was kind of my birth plan, to go in and also be open to pain medication. Um, With induction, those contractions are just a bit more timely because it's medical um and I also had a balloon put in which is a pretty painful process Mm. um so I labored for about five hours and honestly the pain wasn't terrible it was that I the management of my pain was walking Mm -hmm. and because COVID procedures were still in place I wasn't allowed to walk on the unit Mm -hmm. so I had about a 10 foot space to walk in our room back and forth and my feet were so tired. So I ended up getting an epidural. David did a great job of giving me a lot of counter pressure, like you kind of mentioned mm-hmm. that you and Ryan tried. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful during that time I was laboring without medication. Um, yeah, but did end up getting the epidural, um, delivered vaginally. Homegirl also had her own plans. I pushed for two hours and 58 minutes. And our midwife did let me know that if I had got to the three hour mark, she was going to have to. Um, use other interventions to get the baby out. Mm-hmm. She let me know that in about two hours and 30 minutes. And I looked at David and was like, yeah. we're getting this kid out of me. She was, she had the, I was like, I had the tiger. None was like, of my, that's not happening. The rest of my birth plan did not go as according to plan. And I was like, this is happening. Like we are not having a C-section. I'm getting her out of me. Um, I was just really wanted to deliver vaginally. So that happened. And David obviously was one of my support people. And then um, my little sister, Becca, who's also my best friend, was one of my support people, which I also then four weeks and a day later got to see her deliver and was one of her support people. So oh. I can kind of help you with the support person perspective a little, <laughs> okay. but yep. a little that's different. That's <laughs> Forgot about that. Yes. But that's the only labor I've ever been to. So was hers and my own. So. Well, what was like, I, I just keep thinking about, so both of you two were spon- like spontaneous. And so I think our experience, because it was an induction, we were in the hospital for th- two, and a- two and a half days? We got there Saturday night and we discharged with her Tuesday morning. Yeah. Okay. And like our experience, like, it, oh, we, it's like sleeping, like, like sleeping and waiting and kind of mm-hmm. it's that waiting game. But for you, you both, it was kind of like, boom. Here we go. We're going to the hospital. How long were you guys at the hospital? And like, what was that experience like for each of you? Kind of going through the birth through? center. Yeah, like how yeah, long in the birth center, yeah. birth center, kind of going in. Yeah. Um, so, I <laughs> the night before I went into labor, for whatever reason, me and Christian both couldn't sleep, and Just- I. Th- think we just like, I don't know, maybe knew something was coming and I think around 6 a.m. I was like, oh, is that like wetness? Did I, oh my gosh, did I like pee? Wow. Your water broke at home. But it was a, only a tiny little bit. Oh, but it was it. crazy. But it was it. And I, w- but I was so insecure about it. And I was walking around oh. and I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, is this normal? Is this, is this yeah. like, did I, what's happening? And we went into the birth center and while I was like on the table and they were checking me out, 
then my water oh, okay. really oh, burns. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all dribble. over the place. Say, yeah. And they're like, oh yes, yep, yep, for sure. Uh, it's beginning. But because we were so early, they were like, you can go, go home. home. Uh, and we only lived 10 minutes away from the birth center. So we went home, tried to rest. Christian actually was able to sleep a little bit. Good sleeper, and, that man. Oh, oh yeah. He knows, he knows how to sleep very well. <laughs> um, and so basically after that was when the kind of like two-minute um, contractions started, but very mild. And all I was basically doing was walking around my dining room table, mm. pausing, leaning over, counting mm -hmm. the seconds of my contraction, writing it all down on a notebook mm -hmm. to keep track of it. Oh, so efficient. Yes. Um, and they had told us when to come back in. Um, so we went back in a couple of hours later. Um, and part of it was I was, I think it's called GBS positive, oh. a kind of like strep. Yep. And so they needed to give me antibiotics every like four, four hours. hours. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went back in at that interval and they were like, you could go home or you're welcome to stay here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> device now. Yeah. So at that point we made the choice to, to stay. Um, and it was a really wonderful setup. The room that we had felt very much like a living room. It had kind of like bedroom furniture in it and a Aww. big like soaking tub. Jealous. Nice. Um, so it was a very, to me, it was a very comfortable space to be. And so it was like, yes, I'm ready to just be here and nice. get comfortable in this space and kind of settle in. So how many days were you there total? Like start to... Total? Um... A little over a full day. Okay. It was pretty short. So we went in wow. early in the morning and then left at about 6 a.m., 5 a.m. the next day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we were Quick. only uh, there for, I think, about, yeah, six hours after she was born. Wow. wow. Boom, boom. Dang. See you later. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you have a baby. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> you can do it. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. What about you, Emily? Um, so, yeah. So we, or I had... Um, Charlotte in hospital so we and basically I felt like I had to go to the bathroom starting at like 1 a.m. I would say and then it, it was weird I like called my mom and I was like something's not right I don't feel good mm. I feel like I constipated I don't know what's happening mm -hmm. and as I'm like call, like as she's picking up the phone almost I puke like Ooh. all I'm like and then I'm like okay I need to get in the tub I don't feel good something's not right my mom's like I think you're in labor honey I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> so she's up in Portland she drives down within that hour my contractions are every five minutes so then when she gets to Corvallis, we drive to the hospital, and I get, I get in there, they check me in, and they're like, dang, you came in like a wrecking ball a little bit. <laughs> they check me, I'm five centimeters, I'm like ready to go, <laughs> and, um, but we were there from like 5.30 in the morning until the following day at 8, we just, we, 8 p.m., we discharged. Wow, okay, so, so quick as well. a little over 24 hours, okay. but still pretty quick. Um, and did your water break naturally? Yeah, so they asked me if they if they wanted, like, if I wanted to have them. I was like, no, I kind of want it to be natural, spontaneous. Mm -hmm. But as I was starting to push, I, yeah, pa I mean, in it, like, the midwife was like, whoa! Like, it just, like, <laughs> shot out. Oh, I mean, it gosh. was like, I, like, I could feel it, you could hear it, just like a gush. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was when my, <laughs> Out of all the induction processes, my body did naturally, my water broke naturally, mm -hmm. and I was talking to David and Becca, and I was laying in the bed, and all of a sudden I was like, my water broke. Oh my god, my water broke. And they both looked at me like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm sure. Like, I felt that, I know I was a girl, but I felt that pop, and like, there, there's liquid coming down, like, you know it happened. Like, I'm, that's a feeling you don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Or here. Yeah. yeah. Which is not to say, I mean, everyone's slow. Like, some water breaks can be really yeah. slow and leak, yeah. but, I mean. Or some don't at all, and they yeah, have to do it for you, mm -hmm. which is so weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Such a strange process. Wow, we were, like, we were there for a while. And I... Well, if you think about the time frame, yeah. so she was born at 5.58 in the morning. Mm -hmm. We discharged the next day at, like, noon. That's so, true. once yeah. she was alive, it was only, like, 24. 
well alive outside of me, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She That's was about, 24 hours. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. We yeah. just had more days there because induction yeah. can take. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So we started the induction process at 7 p.m. Saturday night, and then she was born at 5.58 Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So basically Sunday was our full day of like laboring and trying to sleep and the whole thing. Yeah, that was, that was wild. I think just like the, the sleep aspect of, you know, we were going in, we were so excited we were really excited and and like we we're like all right cool now we're waiting so thankful we have football to watch uh, <laughs> shout out to the nfl yeah we had football to watch but we kind of just hung out that first that first night mm-hmm. and then um i think they were like all right well i think we're gonna put the balloon in you it was sunday that morning sunday morning mm-hmm. And, and that's to dilate, right? Yeah, so Saturday night, the induction process was misoprostol, which is a medication mm-hmm. uh, to soften your cervix. You can take it orally or vaginally. I chose to take it vaginally um, just because I had pre-existing um, use of misoprostol for a miscarriage that I took orally, and so I didn't really want to associate my delivery with that process. Mm-hmm. So I had um, them do it vaginally, and they do it every four hours or three hours, but my second dose was supposed to be at 10 and I was actually contracting pretty intensely. So they wouldn't give it to me. They're not allowed to give you a second dose if you contract. So then they couldn't, my contraction stopped. So then they gave me another dose at like midnight and then a 3 a.m. dose. And then they came and checked me at like seven or eight and they're like, oh, we're not giving you another me. So we're going to come put the balloon in. Hmm. And then that is to dilate. So it's essentially a balloon that sits at the bottom of your cervix and helps kind of just push up against the cervix and her head to help Mm -hmm. it like expand. Yeah. And, um, it's not comfortable. (laughs) Not (laughs) ideal. It did not look comfortable. No. It's like you want things coming out of there, not (laughs) up in there. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they put that up in there and, um. Then that stayed in, and then, like, theoretically, it's supposed to fall out on its own. Um, so I labored for quite a while with it, got the epidural, and then they finally had time to come check it, and it had fallen out and was just sitting in my vaginal canal. So I had already progressed up to five or six. Mm-hmm. And then at 7 p.m. Sunday night was when my water broke on its own, and then we started pushing at 3 a.m. So, from like, when my water broke, they were like, you're having a baby tonight. Get rest. I gotta change. They were like... And all three of us napped. We all like took turns napping. Uh, I want to say I, I, I didn't we, like, well. Yeah, napped, yeah. <laughs> David made a really great playlist oh, for yeah. our delivery. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good support person. I heard situation. your room was like the pop in, like everyone wanted to come hang out. Yes. <laughs> Lots of the nurses kept being like, wait, like they would come break each other and they're like, I want to be in here. Um. Yeah, we had, like, the lights were nice and like kind of whoa. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of a vibe um, that nurses wanted to be in. And so that was really, really cool. But I, I mean, what was like something as a support person? I think I have a lot of things that I can think of, like how I wish I was more helpful. But I'm curious from you know you all and the support people that you had and the experiences you had. What was things that were helpful for your support person or the environment you in that kind of helped the labor laboring experience feel supportive? Um, I think a big component was talking with. Christian, my partner beforehand of, I'm probably going to go quiet because Mm. that's what I do often if I'm feeling overwhelmed or feeling stressed out. And we had talked about me having this desire to allow myself to go into this very like primitive part of my mind where I'm not thinking about questions, thinking Mm. about logistics. You know, I didn't want to have to make decisions. And so I told Christian kind of, here's all of the things that I want and what I hope for, and I'm basically gonna hand that over to you. Mm. And so from there, I really wanted to kind of place that trust in him to be able to make decisions when things came up. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think he did a really wonderful job of understanding that that kind of quiet place was what I really needed to do for myself and just supported creating a space where that felt comfortable and acceptable mm-hmm. wow, to that's amazing. yeah just kind of go very inward I, I think mm-hmm. I spoke maybe a couple of words over the whole length of my labor it was very mm-hmm. I mean sounds a lot of sounds mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think even in the pushing phase uh, one thing that I remember learning about was trying to do a low-pitched mm. sound. And one of the ones that was recommended was 
mooing, yeah. <laughs> which I loved in Christian, and even like the laughter that might come from the mooing could be a beneficial thing as well. And particularly when I was pushing and when my contractions got more intense, I would start to try to make these vocalizations and Christian would come in and kind of start almost at the higher pitch that I was at and bring his voice down so that I could kind of follow that and bring my voice down too. So that was really a wonderful thing to have him do with me. Um, I am also thinking about while I was very much pushing, um, Christian kind of was on one side of me, kind of kind of talking in my ear, giving those kinds of verbal encouragements while my mom was, I was basically like holding on to her while she was on the bed. I was on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so having both that kind of physical contact with my mom, who, right, is like that very naturally supportive component, comfort, and then having Christian like very kind of softly speaking to me, giving me these gentle reminders vocalizing with me was like a really wonderful combination i think of support for me that felt pretty good right we can all move together right? <laughs> <laughs> definitely thought of uh just as sophia was talking about the the octave and kind of lower i was just like oh yeah no i tried that she was like Nah, don't do <laughs> that. Don't do that. Not mooing, the, the octave, like, counting down. Yeah, he got uh, higher, though. And she's like, nah, don't do that. And I was like, all right, bet, duh. <laughs> what, what, about, what about you, Emily? Yeah, I mean, Ryan, you would tell me, like, you know, deeper, like a deeper groan moan um, during contractions, and that was helpful because I was so just, like, in my zone during mm-hmm. um, contractions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so that was helpful and... Um, him just kind of doing all the auxiliary stuff, like making sure what we have is packed. And I like, I don't know why I just really wanted my hair to be washed before we went. So like in between contractions, he was like dumping water a lot. Cause I was, I labored for, um, the hour my mom was traveling down to get to us. I labored in the tub. And so, um, I was like, I want my hair washed. Like, I don't know why I just really need to feel clean, I guess, going into mm-hmm. this. Um, Plus, I had been, like, throwing up, and I was, like, so I just felt so... Anyway, so that was super helpful that he was doing that. Um, and then while we were there, like, doing, you know, answering questions, reassuring me, making sure my, like, my, my moans and groans were deeper. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else was, like... I mean, he had, like, a washcloth for me. Um, when yeah. I had my epidural, it kind of was, like, like, we were all just chilling a little bit. We got yeah. to nap, um, which was really nice. Um... And then during pushing, um, I had felt like I was pushing for a long time, but he was like really encouraging and like, let's try this position with the midwives and different kind of ideas. Um, and even though I had the epidural, it was nice because I had thought that you had to just push on your back when you had an epidural and you don't have to. And so I got to like switch sides and do different things. And Mm -hmm. so that was really, um, process and so he would like hold my leg up and just like little things that he could do was really nice definitely Um, just to have his touch was nice so yeah I was thinking about my midwives as well and we had a couple other people I don't remember all of their titles but um I remember wanting to be given more direction Mm. but part of the kind of like culture of this birth center was very much you as the birthing person really trying to take the lead and follow your kind of natural inclinations. And I kept being like, how am I going to know? Like, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. (laughs) And there was a moment where um, I had that feeling of, I absolutely, I need to push now and I was laying down because I had gotten so tired it was like taking almost like 45 second naps in between contractions for a while and once I kind of got to that pushing phase my body I was like I need to get up I cannot I'm uh uh-uh and I just immediately kind of moved my body out of the bed and just naturally got down on the floor and once I was kind of getting there then they with all of their knowledge around birth helped position my body in kind of the optimal place while I was also kind of leading with what my instincts were. And so it was this kind of interesting fusion of 
my body and my instincts having Kicking desire in. to do something mm -hmm. and then their knowledge coming in to kind of support that in the best way possible. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know for me too, like they had started counting like the one to 10 for every, you know, breath or whatever. And I was like, I was not following the 10 rule oh, or really? 10. I, like, I don't even know what was happening. And then they were like, we're just going to stop counting because you seem to just know what you need in your like body the length of what you want to push yeah, like mm -hmm. I, I seem to be going a lot longer than the 10 seconds or 10 counts or whatever mm. so they kind of just let me which felt empowering i think too especially having had an epidural because you are a lot more limited so i i appreciated their take on that as well um, yeah i think that in mine i don't know if david and becca talked about it or what but David counted for me, and mm -hmm. Becca was, like, my cheerleader, which Aww. is what I needed. Like, having someone to be like, you're doing amazing, you're crushing this, like, keep going. And then having someone give me, like, a very, like, clear, like, this is what you're doing and how long you're doing it was a nice tag team. Yeah, I feel like working with, like, me and Becca were, like, Batman and Robin or <laughs> Captain America and Iron Man. I love Marvel, so I always use those preferences. Um, just, like... Really, we, we vibe really well together and we communicate and we kind of like filled in where each other like, hey, I, I needed a washcloth. Oh, I got you. Boom, boom. Hey, I'm rubbing, I'm like giving you, you know, putting washcloth on your forehead and she's like holding your hand and hey, we need this. Oh, I already got it. And so we really did. A, I felt like it was a really good chemistry and kind of balancing that support that you needed. I think you guys also set such a good framework for me and Nathan to be Becca's support people because mm -hmm. we kind of did the same thing and then once the babies were both born we did the same thing like somebody was with the baby at the warmer and somebody was with me and mm -hmm. david and becca did that and me and nathan did that with mm -hmm. kyla and becca so it was it was a nice little rounded out experience i think for the four of us yeah and and kind of looking back at your at your experiences i really appreciate you know you know you all sharing kind of your experiences and and just acknowledging that like every birthing person's experience is different in the environment that they birth as well as just their circumstances and so um just thinking like about is there anything that you feel like you would like to highlight that you maybe miss that you want to share um for our listeners about just experiences that maybe they should look forward to or that they should be aware of or things that you wish that you would have known looking back well, I think that component of we can make all of these plans and have all of these ideas for what we hope our birth experience to be and baby's going to do what they're going to do and mm -hmm. your body's going to do what it's going to do. And, you know, we were kind of reflecting like we had, the three of us had um, pretty smooth overall birthing experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and we all know people that that was not the case for whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, and so really wanting to, even, even as we think about maybe having other babies in our lives as well, knowing that the experience can be vastly, vastly different um, with future children and kind of setting yourself up for that reminder that every experience can be very unique and very personal and mm -hmm. very, like, this is the experience for this moment and mm -hmm. this baby. Um, I think it's just a good reminder to keep, keep in the back. Of your mind. Yeah. I mean, we all delivered vaginally, right? So I think we, we only show a certain amount of like the experience. There's so many more experiences out there, um, that we also welcome hearing those things too. I would love to hear more. Mm -hmm. What about you? Have anything that you feel like from labor you want like you missed or like you want to take with you or I just think that anybody who is birthing another human being I mean it is miraculous and our bodies are amazing and I just think that it's beautiful and I wish that it was celebrated more and I mm -hmm. wish that Yeah, I just wish that maybe we were given a little more credit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> my sister is coming. My older sister is coming up on her son was born a year ago on Monday, and we just saw her. And I wanted to remind her. I was like, "You have to celebrate you. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is his first birthday, but you 
a year ago birthed a human, you have done a year of parenting, like make sure you're celebrating you yeah. on that day as well. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah, I, um, my sister Dawn, she has a different mother and every day on her birthday, she buys a bouquet of flowers for her mom as a way of acknowledging Aww. this is also your day. This is also the moment you became a mother. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are more things that we can do to bring that element in of celebrating the process and even as support people mm -hmm. in the room as well. Like, yeah, everybody was doing something to make this life come into existence mm -hmm. and takes a village takes yeah. a community yeah. and whether it was like a super easy labor or not like your body went through nine months or or sometimes less like you or know, more or, or more you know <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's amazing i mean it, it's miraculous i can't keep are there any tidbits things you like didn't know i just think back to like i had no idea that there is certain side effects to an epidural um, I had like severe itching, like I was so itchy. I remember making Becca and David scratch certain parts of my body I couldn't reach, like, or cause my legs were kind of numb. Like, oh, can you get that down there? Like, I was so itchy. And then the shakes are like really common because you don't, you're not experiencing the pain of the contractions. The shakes is like how the adrenaline's affecting your body. And I was, I had no clue. I thought I was super ill. So I was like, what? That process of watching that epidural go into you, into your back. I, was, I didn't know. I, didn't, I had no idea. I thought it was just like a regular, like oh, you lay you down, they put needle. it in your vein. <laughs> and so having them like, hey, had, having Becca leave and like we need that person to leave. Only like you can sit here and be sitting and holding your hand and having them sit you up and then say, hey, we're going to put this in your spine. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then them just like. You watched the big like, needle? I didn't see the big needle. Oh, okay. I, I saw <laughs> it, but I didn't, I didn't see them put oh, it in my Oh, oh my he watched. He watched. I, you know, it's funny though. The thing that I didn't know about the whole epidural process was, I was like, oh, they'll wait in between contractions, you know, because they're telling you don't move at all, stay still. And I'm over here like, but I'm having a contraction. <laughs> I, what am I supposed to be doing? And he was like, yep, we're good. Like, you know, I'm just gonna. He's like, you're gonna need to hold really still <laughs> during that contraction. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, noted. I did not know mm -hmm. that was a thing. I thought for sure they would. Wait, but I, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think something I wasn't really prepared for was a little bit of the stuff that happens after mm. the baby comes out. Mm -hmm. So they gave me Pitocin in my thigh um, to help the placenta mm -hmm. um, deliver after birth as well. Because that happens, and I didn't, I had no idea. <laughs> he, he, they showed us ours, and he yeah. was like, what the? And you have to. Push it out. I yeah. Mean, it's like one of those things on like Alien, like one of those little. It's, it's not like it's, pushing out. Like yeah, a baby. it's like very, it's, a, it's very delicate. delicate. Yeah, totally. Yes, yes. but but <laughs> I was I was surprised at one the pitocin burned. I didn't know that that was going to be yes. a sensation, and then I don't really actually remember much about um, delivering the placenta, but I do remember the midwife held it up to be like. Check it out, Christian. You want to see it and touch it? And he was really interested. In of course, of course he was. He was. <laughs> um, but then getting stitches after as well. Um, it took longer than I thought it was going to take, and it hurt more than I thought it was going to hurt. And so that part, I remember just being like, uh, you know, holding my baby on my chest while they're doing this process. Being like, I thought this was over. I thought I was done. Mm -hmm. why, why are there still things happening? Why am I still experiencing pain? And so I think that was something that I didn't really prepare Did they tell you how now. much you tore? Like what your grade like, um, was? I think second degree. That was what mine was Not too. Not too major, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was your second, second as well? Yeah. Yeah, and then I, like, I what, tore like a, I don't know, a vein or something. So it was like bleeding a little bit. And so they were like, oh, we got a bleeder. Cause I, and that, we were all very funny, the mm -hmm. whole thing. I was like, how am I doing down there? How's it looking? And they were like, well, we got a bleeder. Um, <laughs> it was fine. So they had to, like, you know, stitch that up and everything. But yeah. what I also didn't realize is that when you get the epidural, you get a catheter. Yes. And so I didn't realize that they were like, if you can't pee within X amount of hours after delivery, you have to get it back in and stay until you pee. And I was like, okay, I need to drink 
a gallon of water right this second because I'm not getting that catheter again. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> getting the catheter in when you have an epidural is fine. You You're it, numb. Yeah. You can't feel the catheter going in, right? But, <laughs> and then they, they take it out before you push, just so everyone knows. And then that after, I couldn't pee. Oh, no. So, they told me, like, okay, you can get a one-time catheter. We'll drain your bladder one time. We won't leave the catheter in. But that catheter, you're not numb. The epidural is gone. It is worn off. So I had to get a one-time cath. And then luckily the next time I was able to pee. But I also was chugging and it wasn't helping. And we were doing all the tricks. She was, my nurse was having me like blow in a straw. She put peppermint in the toilet. I asked her if I could shower because you know how you always like have to pee when you shower. She's like, sorry, you can't. We have to collect your pee. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I couldn't. I couldn't do it. But like the tearing too. I was a second degree, but I also tore up into mm. my so sorry. I think my dad listens to this, my labia. So, like, I had, like, an additional stitch I had to get as well. And I technically hemorrhaged by classification as well. Oh. Because mm. you're only vaginally allowed to lose 500 milliliters of blood. And I lost 750 milliliters. So, they, the only time I had to see an OB, aside from one cervical check overnight was that they brought an OB in to help with stitching. So the midwife and OB were down there forever, like you said, Sophia. I was like, this is, y'all have been living down there. <laughs> How long? And my sister told me, like, well after, I think, like, two weeks after Rome's birth, she was like, yeah, it looked like a crime scene down there. Yeah, I think that was, like, definitely one of the, like, scarier moments because I, I stayed up south. You know, or up north. (laughs) We did not hang out down south. (laughs) I stayed up north um, during, like, during um, just the whole beautiful experience. And um, I, like, I looked down after, like, you know, Rome was up. And I I saw doctors coming in and quietly just coming in and just, like, going to work. And I I saw a lot of blood. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, you look like you're fine. And they were calm. Like, they didn't think anything was wrong. And I was like, that's a lot of fucking blood. And (laughs) so, what the fuck's happening? But, you know, I'm, yeah, very glad. We're totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, but... But it's just things you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking about... I know we're talking about a lot of these practical components Uh going on. um, But something that just kind of came to my mind was... I mentioned I was I was on the floor when I delivered. I was kind of leaning up on the on the bed with my upper body, and essentially when she came out, she was kind of just laid on the floor beneath my legs, and so I just kind of looked down, and there was suddenly this alive, squirming, mm. crying creature just oh my before me, and I remember being told, "Okay, let's." pick her up and move on to the bed. And the first thing I said was, I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I think it was just a moment of shock that maybe I wasn't really, I didn't expect that feeling to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, it's okay. And I just remember they kind of like guided my hands down and I scooped her up and then I felt like, kind of all the people that were around me kind of helped scoop my whole body up and transfer over onto the bed together. And I just remember thinking it felt like this smooth wave motion. Yeah. Moving You're scooping, they're scooping. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, that moment of kind of like looking down and being, oh, oh my God, yeah. this is a person mm-hmm. was, yeah. I know it would be a big moment, but I think that moment of, of, shock and mm-hmm. almost a little bit of confusion like it didn't feel real for a moment yeah I remember getting her head out and then a very minimal push to get the rest of her out but I like felt her feet come out of me and feeling like the deflation of mm-hmm. my stomach and realize like they bring this baby up onto my chest and I was like oh my god she was in me like that was in me and it's not in me anymore and I think my first words were, oh my gosh, which is surprising I didn't curse, I know. But I literally was just like, oh my gosh, and she was there, and she wasn't crying, which is, you know, yeah. that does happen also, especially with little 41-weekers. We had our our first poop in, in the utero, so mm-hmm. she had to go get all that suctioned out of her. But, yeah, no, I felt very similar. Like, there is now a life yeah. sitting on top of me. Yeah, yeah. it's very surreal, I think, moment, like, seeing the head. Like, seeing her head, like, when she was crowning, I was like, oh, my God. It's right there. That's my kid. Like, she's right there. (laughs) And just having, 
I think it was a realization of like, I'm a dad, mm-hmm. like I'm a parent. And I, I think I, I can't even go back to like the feelings I felt because just like having her on you and then just having you lay there and all the hard work that you did and just, we created that. <laughs> we created, Rome Jordan, we created you. And you are, you're, you're part of a beautiful story and a beautiful process. And it was amazing, and I, I don't think there's a, a experience to compare it, like ever. Never. Like, mm-hmm. and would I do it again? Yes, I would. Not soon, Courtney. But <laughs> I, would, I would definitely, I definitely would do it again. Um, yeah. How about you, Emily? I mean, for me, like she shot out of me, like mm-hmm. legit. There like was, there wasn't a head. To there was feed no the, like, head. Pause. It was just like, and then the midwife barely had time to put her gloves on. She was like, oh, 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 and caught her, and then I like scooped her up and put her onto my chest, mm-hmm. which was just like a surreal. And like the first thing was, "Hi, baby girl," like <laughs> was the first thing I said to her, and I was just like, I brought her up to me, and I looked into her little eyes, and she mm-hmm. cried. It, it took like thirty seconds though. I mean, it wasn't right away. She didn't, um, like, she tried to cry, but she had so much in her, so yeah, she went, <sighs> Yeah, yeah, so she was trying, yeah. Well, we had to have NICU, too, for her, mm-hmm. because she had that meconium poop in utero, and then we, I also had an infection during labor that had progressed at some point. I had a really high fever, so, mm-hmm. yeah, but, I mean, yeah, they definitely take a minute to cry, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing they don't take the Apgar for, like, what, at a minute? Or, yeah. Which I also mm-hmm. didn't know. I thought it was right when they were born, but it's at a minute. One minute they do five. their Apgar, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. I was wondering, can we, can we, you know, talk yeah. about the elephant in the room of the shit? Okay. Like, it's been on my Wait, mind. you and your daughter. It's been on my <laughs> yes. mind this whole time. And we can't end this podcast without talking about the shit show of this train. And I was just, I think I just didn't, I, mean, I didn't expect it, obviously, like, the first time. You semi-expected it. You made me pack poopery. Oh, that's true. I guess I, guess I somehow knew. But, like, I just didn't expect, yeah, to, there to be so much shit. And just, like, do it with the epidural because you can't feel, like, you can't feel I when you're like, sitting. I would I think I'm pooping. And yeah. I... Like, I, I remember taking a nap, I remember napping after, like, the epidural, um, and I remember waking up and being like, it smells like shit in here. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I look up, and then I, I, the I see the nurse is wiping her ass, and I was like, oh, did you shit yourself? And she's like, yeah, I shit myself, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I think... The other thing is, when you have an epidural, you're on a liquid diet, so, like, at least at my hospital, they let me have, like, chicken broth and stuff, so, like... My yeah. body is still processing that in some capacity, so it's, like, not the best <laughs> shits. It's not like you're taking, like, a big turd. It's, like, liquid, <laughs> soft shits is what's happening down there. Well, Just like a I, yeah, yeah. I did not, um, uh, <laughs> did not go to the bathroom. You're certain. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not 100 Should we call Ryan, get him on the podcast? <laughs> Maybe he knows if you shit or not. <laughs> but, um, but if I had, I mean, here's the thing. First off, everybody can see your business. Always. And that was one of the things that prior to having a child, I was a little like, okay, everyone's really up in your business and it is just out there in mm-hmm. the open. And then when you're in the moment, you really could give literally two shits about that. Yeah, literally. So, literally. <laughs> or seven, depending or on seven. the <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what's nice is that um, when you're in the moment, you don't care if no. you take a shit, mm-hmm. if you are moaning, groaning, screaming. I mean, you're you're bringing life into this world. You're doing what you need to do, and no one cares. <laughs> it was just a surreal cares. moment being a 28-year-old woman. Like, I am having my ass wiped. Yeah. Like, Barbara, my nurse, is back there. I'm like, what's up? Hey, girl. Like, she's just up in there. I'm like, so sorry. I apologize in advance. I honestly have no idea if I shit or not and you know imagining me in that birthing position my butt's all up in everybody's face so who knows what happened they had a flashlight down there I, I don't a really flashlight know. well we had all the lights really really dark so in the they room. brought flashlights yeah in? and so they had like a mirror and a flashlight that they were kind of just like checking things see out see how as, per- you as were progressing was going mm. yeah um, so honestly, I don't know. I don't even remember asking Christian if I pooped. I'm not sure. He wasn't really down there very much.
He stayed uh-huh. up north as well. Mostly, yeah, uh-huh. mostly. He did uh, get to see some crowning because he was curious. Mm-hmm. And he said that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, honestly, I was trying to describe the sensation of pushing to my sister shortly after I gave birth. And I was like, I felt like I was just taking a huge shit the yep. whole <laughs> yes. time. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I kept, I kept saying a couple of times. I think the only time where I felt insecure, or unsure of my ability was, you know, during the pushing phase, which happens for a lot of folks. Um, and saying out loud, I can't push any harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what this I got. Is it. <laughs> um, so they did, because that's what your body does. And your kid is here. Yep. Um, but as far as poop goes, it's a mystery to me. (laughs) (laughs) And it shall remain. (laughs) Now we're going to move into the part of our podcast where we do our weekly winner woe. So this is a time where you can do a win as a parent or in your relationship or maybe a woe or something that didn't go so good as a parent or in your relationship or even in your career or your life, just a weekly win or a woe for yourself. And we're going to make David kick us off since oh, there's so gosh. many of us. Um, I'm going to go with a win. Um, I guess it's not necessarily a relationship or or, co- or parenting win. I said um, individual too, like as a professional or in your career, because as parents you are also individuals. So that's that, important to highlight. That is very true. Um, yeah, I, I got uh, informed that I was recipient recipient of... Uh, the Washington School Counselor Association Rising Star Award, and um, it's an award that uh, goes to a school counselor who, in the first four years, has demonstrated um, effective, essentially effective um, work with communities, parents, and schools, and students, helping better their environment, and um, and yeah, so I got that. So that was that was pretty cool, a pretty yeah. cool experience. So that would be that'd be a win. Absolutely. I appreciate you also highlighting yourself. It's important to highlight your own successes and wins too. And sometimes that's hard to do and talk about yourself. So thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you. (laughs) Who do you want to pass it off to, David? Um, I'm going to pass it off to Emily. Yes. Um, Okay. I'm going to bring it down a notch. So I'm going to do a woe. Um, so my mother-in-law um, has stage four lung cancer, and my husband has been gone in California taking care of her. Um, she was in the ICU for um, almost two weeks, mm. and I am—I have a six-month-old <laughs> postpartum, and so it's just been—it's been difficult. Um, communication has been difficult, and so one of my woes has just been. Um, Trying to be patient and understanding, but also have my needs and feelings um, be met as well. And so just trying to um, navigate that. Um, we've never dealt with a sick parent before, so this is all new territory. We've never had a six, seven-month-old baby before, so it's all new territory. Um, I'm trying to be patient with myself and kind to myself and um, with my husband. But it's not easy, so it's been it's been tough. Um, so that's kind of been my woe. I guess yeah. it's not yeah. something specific, but it's yeah, just general. overarching. Definitely. <laughs> and I appreciate you highlighting that, Emily, because I think it's it's hard for us to talk about you know the the difficult things. And as you guys may have heard throughout this podcast, little babbles and cries. That is Miss Charlotte, and she got to join us today, and that is because Emily is is doing this solo right now for quite some time. So we're just, we're, we're working with her and giving her all the praise. Cause that, yeah, she's doing amazing. <laughs> yeah. That can be difficult. For sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for having both of us and for being patient with the little girl as she learns this whole new world she's in. Yes. We love her. All right, Sophia, what do you got for us? Um, I think I have a win. Uh, this week I, worked all week and managed to get myself out to a happy hour with some work and Christian came along too and my mom took care of Lola Um, and so the process of being able to ask for and accept help has been a struggle for me and so getting better at doing that 
um, and kind of pushing me and Christian both to be a little bit more social, be out of the home a little bit more, um, is something we definitely struggle with. And so, um, giving ourselves a little bit of props for going out and it was a lot of new people too. Mm -hmm. So like meeting new people and, uh, getting a little bit out of our comfort zone, it felt good. It was fun and good reinforcer to try to do it a little bit more yeah. yeah it's so amazing to be able to like once you are start establishing like kind of your own identities right we talked about how like each person is their own person and ventured into a new job and meeting new co-workers and that that's hard in its own and then also raising a child in a relationship and that's that's amazing that um you guys have ventured into being able to do that together yeah. inside that now mm-hmm. that's awesome <laughs> excited for you all right courtney I'll wrap us up. I'm going to go with a woe. Um, and my woe is, and I'm sure my husband will appreciate me acknowledging this because I think sometimes I don't acknowledge it as a woe. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried. I'm scared. I had a day this week where I don't think I ate until 11 or 12 o'clock p.m. for the 12 o'clock, <laughs> um, which is very late, and I sometimes neglect my own nutrition needs. So... Mm-hmm. I think that that is my woe because I need to get better at doing that. PM or AM? Well, 12 PM. So I didn't eat breakfast essentially gotcha. and waited all the way till lunch. And that is not the best thing in the world to do. And mm-hmm. uh, we are constantly talking about making sure I'm taking care of my needs. So it's something I didn't do the best at this week on more than one occasion probably. Um, but I'm working on it. So. Gotcha. And it's a constant, you know. Constant shift and change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm constantly feeding somebody else, so I never really think about being myself, which uh-huh. I'm sure we'll go into in the postpartum episode. But, <laughs> Weird, you're uh, what? <laughs> but that's my woe, and I'm working on it. So We love that. Thank you. I just want to say, like, this experience, the burden experience, is, I think is something that I, that, it, that helped our relationship and that's really just, like, made me and Courtney like just grow closer in our communication and and this in the way that we like see each other and I, I felt way I felt so much more connected after this experience probably because I, I shit in front of you probably yeah. you shit in front of me I think <laughs> that really is just like bonding really that bonding once I no I mean it is super connective I would agree I think that no matter who your support people are or you know if you are a birthing person and the people you choose to have in that room with you it is so connective mm-hmm. even for my sister and I, I think that our connection is deeper. And I think David and I as partners romantically too, it is a way deeper connection. And, yeah. you know, you go into six weeks of not having romantic stuff and it, you're still doing okay because yeah. you just had a baby. And that was like so connecting. Mm-hmm. It was so important. I don't know if you guys felt the same with your partners. Yeah, I think uh, even considering how I felt both with Christian and with my mom, being able to look back and see that this was something that we did do together. Like it Mm. was this collective shared experience and obviously we all had our own perspective and experience, Mm. right? Um, But knowing that that was something that we went through together Mm -hmm. is just a beautiful thing to remember and Mm. and kind of have a touchstone to turn back to, especially as it gets a little harder further down the line. Um, it's a good thing to kind of turn back to and know that you did together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for Ryan and I, like, it just, I don't know, like it's 50% him and 50% me and looking at her. Yeah. yeah, It just is like, you created this little human being that you hope one day will do good in the world and all sorts Mm -hmm. of stuff. And so, um, and I think. Even if your birthing experience wasn't, you know, the, the picture perfect or what you thought it was going to be, I think that no matter what it, it looked like, you did that with hopefully someone that was close and supported you and loved you mm-hmm. and felt safe, and whether that was a parent or your partner or a sibling. Or a nurse. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a nurse. Yeah, um, and so, and, and you did that with that person, um, and that just bonds you for, for life no matter what. Yeah, even if it's traumatic or, you know, I think that's something that all of us have talked about today, whether we were recording or not, you know, acknowledging that not every birthing experience comes with 
super happy and connective experiences or happy thoughts or even happy endings sometimes. And I think that regardless you did that and that is really important to acknowledge Mm -hmm. no matter the outcome. And that's a wrap for this episode of Room to Rome. Thank you so much, Sophia and Emily, for joining us to share um, your experiences and just being vulnerable and kind of exploring those things. We appreciate having both of you more than you can know. I know you take time away from your families or you bring them or, you know, I know it's not easy as a mom to be here. Yeah, yeah. well, I was pretty stoked to, to give this a try. And I think this is a really great thing that you guys have started and to kind of grow that support system and that village for everyone. I think it's really wonderful. And so I'm happy to be a little part of that. Absolutely. Charlotte is obviously very happy and honored to be here as well. (laughs) Yeah, girl. Um, No, yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us share just our, like my tiny little sliver of experience of labor. Um, And I'm just happy to be along for the ride and a part of it and share the raw, authentic kind of real (laughs) life stuff that nobody really talks about. (laughs) Um, More to come on that, I'm sure. (laughs) So keep tuning in. (laughs) Awesome. Well, well, we're going to let you... Um, I'll get out of here and make sure to share your thoughts on this episode by submitting um, your voice message to our Anchor app. The link will be in the description below. And we'd love to hear from you on what you thought. And we will see y'all later. Bye. Let us know your weekly winner woe. Message us on Instagram or download the Anchor app and create a free account. This is Spotify's free podcasting platform, the easiest way to create, distribute, and monetize your show. With its built-in uploading, recording, and editing tools, we can easily create and publish episodes like this. That way, you guys can then send us a voice message with your weekly winner woe, feedback, or future topics you want to hear us talk about. So make sure to check it out and sign up. We'd really love it. 